You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my father's house, there's a place for me. In my father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. Are you really loving the Lord? Yeah, I really love God with my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. But again, I'm having difficulty with me. Okay, so I'm loving God. Check that out. Do I have faith in God? Yes, I really believe God. I'm trusting Him. I'm trusting Him with my life and making all of my choices and all of my decisions. Okay, cross that off as well. You know, don't focus in on that one particular area that you may be struggling with, having difficulty with. And thereby you come to the wrong conclusion that you don't possess the life of God within you. It's easy to lose sight of Jesus' love for you when you feel like you've failed. You have a sin you just can't walk away from, or you feel like you've done too much bad to be forgiven. It's simply not true. And Pastor Mike will remind you of that today. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior and asked Him to forgive your sins, that's it. And what's more, he'll help you overcome your troubles now. Lean into him and hand him your failures, today and every day moving forward. Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 John, chapter 5, for his message, Proof of Life. back in our series in 1 John, which is our Christian and the World series. And this evening, our text is found in 1 John chapter 5, in verses 2 and 3. And this evening's message, the title is Proof of Life. So 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, and this is where we left off last time. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Now, in these two verses of scripture here in 1 John and chapter 5 that serve as our text this evening, we come to one of those places of transition that is in the movement of the thought of the apostle John, who is the writer of this epistle. The theme of this last section, and I want you to take note of the fact that this, is, this now begins, with this text of Scripture, begins the last section of this book of the Bible. And so the theme of this last section of this book could be our life in God and its manifestations. Let me say that again. Our life in God and its manifestations. That is, that life that is given to man by God and the way in which it shows itself. Now, this is extremely important for us to examine ourselves. 
Why? To make sure that we have it. To make sure that we are actually experiencing this life. So let's take a look at this evening some of these propositions of John that he puts to us here in this text of Scripture. Now, with that said, that brings us to our first point. There are certain things that are absolute essential to the Christian life. Now, remember, I've encouraged you already to take an inventory, to make sure all of these things are in its proper place. These are the things that prove that you are a Christian, that you have the very life of God in you, and also the way that those things are manifested in and through our lives. So our first point again, there are certain things that are absolute essential to the Christian life. And John puts it right out there here in our text, verses 2 and 3. And let me also add that they must all be present in some shape or form before there is such a thing as the Christian life. It validates this Christian life. And the absence of any of these things that we're going to be talking about this evening should cause us to seriously question, is the life of God really in us at all? And so therein lies the value of studying this particular text of Scripture. They must all be present and also at the same time. You know, think of it in natural terms. Wherever there is life, okay, in natural terms, in just our life, in the very life that was within us, certain things will always be there. There will always be these manifestations. For example, there will always be activity. We'll always be breathing. We'll always be developing and so on, right? There are just certain things that validate that we are alive. So there are certain things that are essential before it can be said that that person is alive. And it is exactly like that in the spiritual life as well. Now, John has already told us what these things are. What are they? We've been examining them. We've been talking about these things right from the very beginning of 1 John in chapter 1. So what are these things? Love for God. There has to be a love for God. Secondly, we are keeping his commandments. Thirdly, we are loving the brethren. And then lastly, we are holding to the faith. And John states that these are parts of the manifestation of the Christian life. So the Christian life, therefore, is not merely a matter of some external experience with God or certain feelings that we have about God, or living a certain type of ethical life. I mean, people who aren't even born again of the Spirit of God might have these kinds of experiences as well. Or having feelings and sensations with regards to other people. Or holding certain intellectual propositions in my mind with regard to the Christian faith. Hey, you know... Again, as I already suggested, an unbeliever can have all of these things present within his life, but not really truly have the life of God within him. The Christian life is a whole life, and there are certain elements that must always be present. So, again, under this heading, there are just certain things that are absolutely essential to the Christian 
life. Now that brings us to our second point this evening. And if you happen to be struggling with any of these parts, that is the parts that I have just mentioned, like for example, let's uh, choose one of the four that I just mentioned. Loving the brethren, loving God, uh, holding to the faith. Let's, uh, for example, uh, this is probably the one that we have the most difficulty with, that is keeping his commandments, keeping the commandments of God. Well, listen, as you consider and are taking an inventory of these different prospects uh, that John has laid out for us here in his epistle, don't concentrate on that particular aspect, keeping the commandments of God, to determine whether or not there is this true life of God in you. This may be something that you're struggling with, but don't focus it on that particular area or that particular proposition that John has put before us. Look for the manifestations of all the others as well. You know, just step back for a moment. You're saying, well, you know, I'm really having this difficulty keeping the commandments of God. Maybe I really don't have the life of God within me. Well, before you draw the wrong conclusion about this, just simply on the basis of your struggling with it, and I don't know any Christians who aren't struggling with keeping the commandments of God, that is, at certain times. But go back to the other three, and then ask yourself the question, are you loving the brethren? And you're saying, yeah, you know what, I really am concerned about my brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, so check that off. That's good. That's, that's an indication that you're on the right path, right? Are you really loving the Lord? Yeah, I really love God with my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. But again, I'm having difficulty with me. Okay, so I'm loving God. Check that out. Do I have faith in God? Yes, I really believe God. I'm trusting him. I'm trusting him with my life and making all of my choices and all of my decisions. Okay, cross that off as well. You know, don't focus in on that one particular area that you may be struggling with, having difficulty with. And thereby you come to the wrong conclusion that you don't possess the life of God within you. So look for the manifestations of all the others as well. And that's what I believe John is suggesting here. Because it doesn't matter much with which of these particular elements you start with. Maybe this will help. Let me give you an illustration. Here's a circle. Okay, think of it in this way. And there are these particular points on it. Uh, if you will, I'll just say north, south, east, west, right? Uh, just to make the point. It's a circle. And if there's a circle, you must have four points. If you don't have one part, you don't have any. And therefore, it is no longer a circle. Now, I don't know if that's a good illustration or not. I hope it is. But start at whatever point you like. And if you want to know whether you are right on that point, Make sure the others are also present as well. So the point is, if I'm doubtful of one, let me examine the rest. Does that make any sense to you? Did that come across okay? All right. Now that brings us to our third point this evening. Now why is this testing so important? Remember as in my opening statement, I talked about the importance of, of testing ourselves, examining ourselves. Why is this so important, this testing? And why does John keep on like this? He keeps going back to these same issues, addressing them over and over and over again, loving God, loving the brethren, keeping the faith, right? Keeping the commandments of God. It's, it seems like he keeps going back over and over and over again. 
I mean, how much of uh, our time uh, spent in studying 1 John has been spent on the subject of loving the brethren? Have you noticed that? I mean, I probably delivered about eight messages on that one subject of loving the brethren. So why is it that John continues to go over these same subjects over and over and over again? He keeps going back. Why didn't he finish his epistle at chapter 4 in verse 6, which he could have done? Let's go back to chapter 4 for a moment in verse 6. I mean, this would have been a great way to close out his epistle. For we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Farewell, so long, you know, and that would be the end of it, right? To God be the glory. And that would have been an appropriate and great place to end his epistle. So why go on repeating? Why go on addressing the same subjects over and over and over again? Think that the only one answer to that question is, is that there is a horrible danger of the counterfeit. Because think about it, how easy it is to persuade ourselves that we have life when the truth be told, we really don't have it at all. That is the life of God within us. How easy it is to say the whole Christian life is just some mystical feeling, a nice and friendly attitude towards other people, a certain moral quality of life, reading books on theology and then discussing them, you know, some, like some sort of a, like a book club or social group. No, says John, because the devil would have you believe that. If you think these things are the fullness, the wholeness of the Christian life, you're being deluded. You're misled. And that's exactly why this testing is so important to make sure that all of these propositions of John are in their proper place. Lastly, let's talk about the working out of the mechanical processes of this testing. And go back to verses 2 and 3. First of all, notice John begins with the question of loving the brethren. He says, by this we know we love the children of God. And so we need to make sure of this. We need to make sure that we're not just manifesting a natural liking. You know, there are just some people, it's just a part of their personality to like people, to love on people, right? They're just such easygoing, that easygoing nature that they possess. It's the temperament that they, that they have. They can like almost anybody. And there are just some people that are exactly like that. They like the atmosphere and society of the church. They like mixing with people who are quiet, not boisterous, right? Not loud people, you know, conservative people, which most Christians are like. Well, such people have to be careful. They may just be manifest manifesting a natural liking. And thus, we need to analyze our feelings and dissect them. And how do we do this? Well, John instructs us here. He says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God. 
Okay, now going back to that illustration, we're going around the circle again, if I can use that illustration. And that brings us to the next proposition. Okay, so is that in place? We're loving the brethren. Okay, let's go now to the next proposition of John's. We're going around the circle. The second question that we need to ask ourselves, am I loving God? Am I loving God? And I must be sure that my love for the brethren is based upon the love of God and a love for God. I must be able to say honestly, I don't like these people in a natural sense. Okay, now, I'm, I, now don't misunderstand what I'm suggesting here, okay? Because of my personality, because of my temperament, because of who I am, you know, I just, that's just the natural me. I just like people because that's the way that I am. But rather, I love them because I see in them the grace of God at work. The love of God working in them. The things that is in me, I see in them also. I'm loving them because I've received the life of God into my soul. Okay, now, so is that in place? We've got to ask ourselves that question. Okay, let's continue to go around the circle. We're halfway there. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God, but then John goes on to declare, and this is his third proposition, and keep his commandments. Okay, so here's the question. How do I know that I love God? Well, this brings us to our third proposition as we're going around the circle. We keep his commandments. Let me give you a cross-reference for this. Jesus said in John's Gospel in chapter 14, in verse 21, he says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by the Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So it's not only in word, but it's also in deed. This is the way that we truly prove our love for God by keeping his commandments. It's not just simply the words that we use, the songs that we sing, the feelings that we have. The proof is in the pudding, if I can use that expression, simply on the basis, am I keeping God's commandments? Listen, if I love God, I want to please God. You know, think about the person that's closest to you, the person that you love. It could be your husband, a wife, a child, your brother, your sister, the closest person, the person that you know that you love. Wouldn't you do anything to please that person? You know, to, to express your love, to show your love towards that person. It's the same in our relationship with God. You see, what I regard as the love of God in my soul is a pure delusion unless it leads me to keep God's commandments. If I say that I love God and I'm living, you know, according to the flesh and just giving myself over to the desires and lusts of my flesh, listen, folks, it doesn't line up. I'm sorry, it just doesn't line up. And I understand that you may be struggling with this, but you're working towards it. You're not going to continue to live in sin. You're going to obey God's commandments. You're going to do whatever you could possibly do to obey God's commandments. It's a part of a process, yes. God's Holy Spirit working in you, but there's your part. You know, you're going to be in a service like this one, where you're going to be instructed in the Word. At home, you're going to open your Bibles. You're going to dig in. You're going to seek the Lord. 
In prayer, you're going to ask God to help you to change, to strengthen you in those areas where you're weak. You're going to seek out counsel from older brethren in the body, pastors, uh, seasoned Christians, right? You're going to do whatever you possibly can do. You're going to avoid certain places, to watch certain things. That's your part. This is how you're working up towards obeying God's commandments. This is the way that you show that you love God. And you're going to make that commitment to live your life the way that God wants you to live it. So that's John's third proposition. Now, it's at this point, someone may be thinking, well, you know, his commandments are too tough. And uh, he's asking too much of me. Well, here we go full circle. And now we come to the fourth proposition of John there within that circle. Notice in verse 3, he says his commandments are not grievous. So here's the fourth proposition in this test. When facing the commandments of God, how do I face them? Is there resentment? You know, when you're in a, a study like this one, you know, some people are offended, and I could see that. You know, some people are making a connection, but i got to tell you something. I've found, I, I try to be very careful about the way that I handle God's Word, because the Word of God is like a sharp two-edged sword, and I don't want to beat people over the head with a sharp two-edged sword, and I don't want to slice them to pieces either. I would rather, like Christ, who is the great physician, use it as a scalpel to cut out cancer from people's life in a very skillful and sensitive manner. I don't want to beat people up with the word of God. I want to be very careful and sensitive the way that I use it. But I can tell in a service like this one, where people become offended. You know, there are those messages that you share concerning the love of God, and everyone loves those kinds of messages. And man, they're just happy and big smiles on their faces, and I can see that from you know, my vantage point, looking out at the congregations, you know, as I'm speaking, and people are eating it up and soaking it up like a sponge, and you can tell that God is really speaking to them and ministering to them and encouraging them. But then there are those hard texts of Scripture where we're being rebuked in the Scriptures, or we are exhorted to be extremely careful, and we're dealing with some specific sins. And boy, you know, I've, I've, there have been times when, you know, I've just hit the nail with the hammer, hit the nail right on the head. People are getting really, really squirmy in their seat. And you could tell that something's going on there. And God is speaking to that person. And I've also seen people stand up. And you know, you've, seen, you've been here, many of you, for years. And you know how careful that I try to be when I'm treating God's Word and delivering it. But man, they're offended. They'll just stand right up and walk right out of the facility because they're coming under the conviction of God's Holy Spirit. The Word has that effect on people at times, right? In my Father's house There's a place for me In my Father's house Where I long that's all we have time for on this edition of In My Father's House. We invite you to connect with Pastor Mike and listen to more teachings from God's Word by visiting harvestnyc.org. At our website, you'll learn all about his ministry and the church it stems from, Harvest Christian Fellowship. 
We'd love you to join us for worship this Sunday at 11 a.m. You can reserve your seat online by clicking on Contact. We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, though, or if you're just unable to attend in person right now, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time of studying God's Word. We're live-streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to catch up with previous messages, check out the link under Resources for One Place. Just click on the earphones to listen in. You can also watch other services through our Vimeo link or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to all of these are available at our website. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to remind you just how much your Heavenly Father loves you. We also want you to know how grateful we are to have you as a part of our listening audience. How can we be praying for you right now? Feel free to fill out the contact form at harvestnyc.org. We're honored to lift you up to the Lord in prayer. Thanks for joining us today on In My Father's House.